Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours from everyone here at the First Cup Podcast with Kyle Porter. That's Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson. Uh, the match has concluded. The underdog reigns superior. Phil Mickelson wins after 22 holes, one up over Tiger Woods. We got a fantastic finish. We got some um, average to disappointing quality of golf at times throughout the competition. A whole lot of money put on the line in side bets. We'll run through a bunch of that as 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 well as uh, what this means for uh, the the match and the match franchise moving forward. Kyle Porter was dialed in. With 17 <laughs> hours of live blogging and takes, how, how, do you feel like and and I can't say got your money's worth because uh, and I don't I don't think we need to go into this, but Bleach Report Live ended up giving this thing away for free to a lot of people. Um, which do you feel like it was what you expected? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was uh, a lot of bad. Uh, a lot of weird. Not weird, just uh, a lot of different than what we see it, and and you know part of it is like not knowing what to expect because we haven't seen this before. But it, it there was just, it was kind of all over the map, and that's a little bit what I expected. I actually thought the presentation of the entire thing came off, um, I don't know, pr- pretty well. You know, I, I it's it's hard. I think it's a really hard uh, present like. Uh, broadcast to do because our expectations but, were low when we previewed yeah. the match we we were expecting it i i mean i know i i voiced my expectation that it was going to be a little ragtag but did yeah. not appear that way yeah no there were times where it was awesome because you, you just get to listen to tiger and phil talk about whatever and you know i i saw a criticism that like or a couple of my friends were texting me that one of their criticisms was that like the conversation and everything felt forced and it was like well Maybe, but it would also feel forced if they were just trying to like make each like make viewers laugh by like ragging on each other the whole time. I, I thought their conversation was actually interesting because this is what and somebody pointed this out. I, it might have been um, it might have been uh, Chris Solomon at No Line Up, but like this is what their conversation is. They talk about their kids. They talk about Fred Couples and hanging out with him. Like that, I thought that was actually pretty good. I thought that was a, a really kind of interesting part of it. Um, I was a little, uh, I, I thought the trash talk, I thought there were opportunities for trash talk that they didn't take that I was kind of disappointed in. Like I, if, if this is an exhibition, why are you not, uh, jabbing at somebody right before a putt? Like, Hey, this is, you know, reminding them of how much money is on the line or, I mean, guys were leaving putts short and not getting anything from the other guy. And it's like, I, if you and I were playing together, I would, I would, give you a hard time right. about it and they and they didn't and and that part of it kind of fell flat for me a little bit so i'm glad you mentioned that because i was i was seeing some of that criticism even in in my own circle of friends too and i i think that where i've landed is that ever a lot of viewers tuned into this and for the trash talk part of it the mic'd up experience they were expecting uh that what me and my best friends would do when we're playing golf when in reality uh what I think you were going to get is a little bit closer to the conversation that you get when you get a random third or a random fourth paired up, which is friendly, yeah. which is, you know, hey, what do you do? You know, what do you do? You know, like a little bit of nice. It was obviously more familiar than that because of their long experience together, but you, you can't force Tiger and Phil to recreate the buddy-buddy trash-talking golf that you and your like best intimate friends of 20 years are going to be able to have. Well, and it did. It didn't. It come off like they had. 
like 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 they had not played together more often than they were or, or it, it came off more like they were not that close than they were like best friends right yeah that's it was like it seems like uh phil got added to the group and they're just kind of awkwardly killing time between shots but it, it makes this entire year of them like playing these practice rounds together and all this stuff feel like the only reason for it was this match <laughs> doesn't it yeah I mean, no like, no no totally fair absolutely based on their conversation i was like these guys act like they've like never talked before other than like publicly you know like you you can sort of talk to one another through your press conferences or interviews or whatever or saying hi to each other on the range but like their conversation was such that i i mean i i I have acquaintances that i would have more intimate conversation with than they had now part of that's being mic'd up and and tiger is so hesitant to Mm. let let anybody in to any part of his life. And, and I think that, I think that you, I think part of it was probably that. So I do think that their conversations when they're just, you know, playing a practice round together are probably a little different, but I, I just, that I, I was kind of surprised by that part of it. I didn't expect them to be like, you know, besties the whole time, but I expected a little bit more intimacy and, and connection than what I got. And, and, and so that part of it was pretty, pretty intriguing to me. So what about the the golf? Uh, you know, Phil wins the competition. I think they both had a, a decent amount of low lights throughout the uh, the match. Where did you find like actual golf specific type takeaways, or were there any uh, in in the match? Well, Tiger uh, twirled his tee shot on the first, and it, and that was the high, that was pretty much it. Like that was it was all downhill after that. Um, no, you know what was surprising, Chip, was what? how well uh, Phil hit the ball. Mm-hmm. He hit it really well. He drove it well. Uh, you know, some of his iron shots were a little off, but he, if he put, if he would have putted at all, I mean, I think he ended the day. I think he was four under through the twenty-two holes that they played. If he puts at all, he's seven or eight under. I mean, at all, like he he just didn't he just didn't make any putts. And so I thought I thought that was my biggest takeaway was I I was surprised. I wasn't surprised at how poorly Tiger hit it just because I didn't really expect – that's kind of how I expected both of them to hit it. It's the middle of November. They haven't played competitively in over a month. It just – it didn't – it wasn't a great situation for them to play great golf. Uh, but I, I, I was shocked by how well Phil hit the golf ball. The uh, did, That has to come back to Phil Mickelson has been – uh, planning on this for like the last four months and he's been he's been teeing up for this like the way that i i would for uh like one of my four biggest golf weekends of the year tiger Woods says he hasn't picked up the clubs in four weeks uh probably something to attribute to that with the way that maybe each of them approached the golf aspect of this event right well yeah two things on that one i talked to somebody who was pretty close to it and he said I think Phil has been working on this more than uh, any of the majors for 2018. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> Which was hilarious. But then it also came through in the broadcast, right? Like after after Tiger would finish a hole, he literally didn't know where the next hole was. Right. And Phil was like, yeah, what's the uh, – what?" he was talking to his brother, his caddy, Tim. He said, "What's what's the slope on the like? How, how far are we below the hole? Like he was he was getting slopes on shots from like 170 out to like add yardage. I mean, he was he was locked in to uh, what he was trying to do. And and so yeah, I, I think 
I think that totally came through in terms of how much preparation each guy uh, put into it. All right, side bets results. Uh, birdie on the just the Phil exclusive doubled up two hundred thousand dollar bet from the press conference. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Phil did not get a birdie on number one. That uh, Tiger got that one closest to the pin on number five. Phil took that one closest to the pin on number eight. Phil took that one. Uh, we had no winner for side bets for putts on number eight. No winner for an eagle, a million dollar bet on uh, number nine. No winner for the eagle bet on number 11. Closest to the pin on number 13. Phil takes that one too. And then, oh my gosh, I think that I I had, it, just sort of real quick, the the fake money, the big stack of money where if you zoomed yeah. in, you realized that it was movie money from like bank <laughs> heist movies. The fact that it was fake money made me, it just was perfect, right? That this event would be concocted and have a whole bunch of fake money there. But the the no long the drives on number fourteen given the side bet was just just a chef kiss perfect yeah the whole, both of those things and the fact that it ended on a contrived hole that they had to recut that took place on a practice screen like they literally teed off on a practice screen to to determine the winner of nine million fake dollars I mean real dollars <laughs> but the, the but the stack were, was fake. I mean, it was almost, you know how the Ryder Cup ended with Phil hitting it into the water on, on, against Molinari in right. singles? And then they all and started that, cheering. <laughs> and that was like the only way the Ryder Cup could have ended. This was, this was the kind of bookend to Phil's fall for that. It was the only way this could have ended. And, uh, but yeah, in terms of the side bets, I, the only one that really like kind of got, got me perked up got me got my attention was the the million dollar one on nine i thought that was pretty intriguing i thought phil would have somebody pull the flag from like i think he was 130 out or 140 <laughs> or something yeah. um and then he used the term side sauce for what he was going to do to the ball and then he left it short it was just the whole thing was was pretty awful but the funniest part of the whole deal was him walking up to, I think he was talking to Mark Russell, who's uh, kind of the rules guy for the PGA Tour, and he said something during the match about, he, he said, are, are you guys, can we start, or when when can we start allowing side bets in PGA Tour events? <laughs> <laughs> and you couldn't really hear his answer uh, because it got talked over, but uh, it, it, I thought that was... Uh, in terms of the side bets, that that might have been the funniest thing that happened. Here at Top Golf, we do lessons differently. Top Golf has certified instructors who not only help you improve your game, but they want you to have a great time too. Uh, so what you can do is you can go on over to topgolf.com slash lessons and you can book a lesson with one of these certified instructors. They're going to welcome you to the Top Golf facility. They're going to take a look at your swing, figure out some tips, you know, figure out ways that you can start hitting the ball better, lining up that club face. But guess what? Then you're also going to be able to enjoy all of the wonderful amenities that Top Golf has to offer. So you can sip, you can snack, you can swing, and you'll be playing better with Top Golf Coach. Once again, book a lesson today at topgolf.com/lessons. They've got these certified instructors at all of your favorite Top Golf facilities. Once again, book a lesson at topgolf.com/lessons. topgolf.com/lessons. So, where with the with the initial match 
done. And with the knowledge that we have about the, uh, you know, the investment from both Tiger and Phil into this enterprise, you know, where is your level of uh, optimism or, you know, like where, where do you think that this venture goes from here? Can we look forward to uh, a rematch? Like, are we going to get Tiger and Phil again or are we going to mix it up and it'll be Tiger and Phil versus like a Justin Thomas and a Ricky Fowler? Like, is, is, there, is there a way that you can see based on the success or, or lack thereof uh, from this first edition that can say something about the future of these, these prize fights uh, as, as they're sort of being built? <laughs> yeah, a prize fight. Uh, I, I think probably the latter. I think it's, I think it's Tiger. <clears throat> I think the next iteration is Tiger and Phil teaming up. I just, I mean, I don't know. I, like are people, I, and, and again, like it's hard. I haven't seen the numbers. I don't know if they've come out yet in terms of how many people tuned in. And even if they have, what can you tell from them considering the fact that it was free online? So you can't really, you know, and there's all kinds of conspiracy theories about that, but you can't really. Wait, there are? Yeah. Nice. Can yeah. we talk about those or is, is that an all-fair conversation? No, we can talk about them. I mean, I don't see why not. What are the conspiracy theories? Well, the conspiracy theory is like in the lead up to the match. So if if the pregame started at whatever time it started, I think it was 2 Eastern. If if Bleacher Report or, or you know, didn't see, or executives at Turner didn't see the numbers they thought they would see in terms of on online purchases for for the to, to watch the golf then maybe they got maybe they didn't want to report like that ten thousand people had purchased oh, this. Oh, yeah. And so they just and so they just opened it up. That was one conspiracy that was floated to me. And then my response to that was, what if it was just a, a play to get as many people watching as possible, so that the next time you could have a little juice when you try to do Tiger, if you're doing Tiger Phil again or Tiger and Phil versus Spieth and Ricky to say, well, 700,000 people tuned in last time, you know, I bet we could get this percentage of people that pay, that actually pay for it this time. Mm. And so it's, it's sort of a, it's sort of a spinoff of the first conspiracy, conspiracy theory. But I mean, I I don't know that that might be a little far fetched, but maybe not. I mean, I, I I have no idea. And, and I, I don't, have any idea really what I mean isn't that like the one thing that you would have figured out going into this even if you don't have even if like you don't know what you're doing for a playoff which maybe they didn't that that, that was kind of shaky uh you don't know all the different things that go into this you don't know how they're going to play out you you have to know that your purchase button works and that it's functional and that you're able to use it and that and that was the one thing they got wrong. I, I just don't see how that happens if 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 you've got you know ten or twelve or however many million dollars invested in this. Mm, interesting. I, I I like I'd probably lean more towards the conspiracy theory of um, just goose the numbers. You know, just yeah, yeah. especially in in the interest of trying to make this a franchise where you might have another one. You just you say that we'll take the L for the large audience. And that's like, you know, when the reason why you get more numbers on a, a broadcast, uh, a network broadcast than you do on cable or on then premium. Like it's just, if it's free and if it's easy to access, then you're going to have the most amount of people. And if the one thing that you want to make sure that you do is you're able to report that this was a rousing success, 
then yeah, just just open it up. Let everybody. I mean, go ahead. Doesn't that doesn't that make sense uh, for sponsorships? Because so what happened here is that that um, Turner essentially paid this Tiger and Phil company, and this is according to uh, Dave Shedlowski over at at uh, Golf Digest. D- Turner paid this Tiger and Phil company X number of dollars. I probably. I don't know, 12 mil, 15 mil, whatever it is. And so Phil gets nine and then Tiger gets a lot, whatever, you know, whatever the number is just to be there. And then the, the way that Turner's making money off this is, is twofold. It's, it's the pay-per-view buys. And then it's also the sponsorships. It's the Capital One, it's the Audi, it's the AT&T, uh, it's, it's all these different companies. And so you, you could, theoretically go back to those companies next time and say, look, we had a captive audience for five hours that were seeing your, uh, you know, there were no commercials. They were just seeing your brands, your logos, your whatever. Capital One did those kind of in-game commercials or whatever with Charles Barkley and Samuel L. Jackson that were actually pretty funny. Yeah. Charles Barkley was the funniest thing about the entire broadcast. But, um, you know, that that's, you don't have to get all of your money via pay-per-view buys, you know, you, you can get a lot of it from those sponsorships. So I think there's something there. I think, I think that's pretty interesting. And I think, uh, next time they do one of these, it'll be interesting to see whether they go back to, to trying to do the pay-per-view thing or, uh, they just go straight sponsorships and make it free for everybody. Well, and then you go straight sponsorships, make it free for everybody. And you put it on, bleach report live or make it make it something that you're at least promoting a different product because turner yeah. could put it on tnt but then they yeah. you know you just you create that little hoop but without the financial incentive mm, i think you're right because if you've sell, sold the sponsorships that's the other reason to just maximize the eyeballs because that's the way that you're gonna ultimately make the most money probably so yeah. Uh, yeah and and it, yeah it could be a combination of both of those conspiracy theories i i I have no idea, um, but it does feel like that's that's like the only thing you had to get right, and it just does. It it feels weird that they that that was the only thing they they really didn't get right. So, what? Who do you want to see as the the next edition of the match? Uh, probably Rory and JT against Tiger and Phil. Mm. Do you think that Rory will do it? I don't know. I I think Rory would be kind of like I think Rory and Phil would be really funny because I think Rory is not scared to say stuff and I think Phil I think Phil is also not scared to say stuff but he gets in this like tiger vortex and it gets all like not sideways but he just he I think he doesn't totally know like like he doesn't want to overstep the tiger line you know and I think I think he respects that line that tiger has um, and it's making him a lot of money right now too. So I think he just, I, I think he is hesitant to, uh, talk as much as he would if somebody else was, was involved. He's, he's not the biggest dog in the room. And when he is, it, you know, if, if Rory or Spieth or Ricky or whoever was there, I, I think you would get a lot more out of him. So if, so you're basically trying to figure out ways to get Tiger out of the picture. Pretty he's, much, yeah, because he's he's too much of an impact. Like like people were always, you know, trying to harp back to the Tiger effect. The Tiger effect in 2018 and 2019 is that he really ruins our fun at these pay per view events. Totally. I mean, <laughs> it's like he doesn't know. And and somebody on the broadcast said this, and I really agreed with it. Like 
this is this is this is Phil's like wheelhouse. I mean, I, I joked about it, but like if Phil got to live bet his shots in PGA Tour events, he'd have he'd be the one with fourteen majors. <laughs> I mean, seriously, if he got to if he got to live bet his shots and and talk and all this stuff during uh, during PGA Tour events, he 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 would have had a much better career. This is what he does. I mean, this is just. He's so comfortable in that situation, and Tiger just isn't. Like, even when he was trying to talk trash, or just even like the things he would say, like, "Oh, it's you know, this is how it used to be," or you know, whatever. It just it felt so weird and bizarre, and not how a, a normal person in that situation would talk. But the point on the broadcast was like, this is not what Tiger does. Tiger, go, he he's very solitary. Like, he's very alone like he doesn't do like the pro-am thing and phil was like phil said hi to like 300 different people that were there while they were playing i mean he would go off and give hugs and hey hey jim you know thanks for being here i loved what you you know talking about the course like phil was in love with the course by the way oh never seen it this good isn't this just the best i mean he said that (laughs) he said that like 20 times and 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 i think that's really it, it just and not that we thought any differently going in, but it shined a light on the fact that this is this is Phil's forte. This is this is his deal, and uh, and he kind of thrived in that in that environment. I thought I probably didn't do a good enough job of identifying sort of in our predictions and our expectations that comfort level was going to give yeah. Phil an opportunity to close the gap of golf that he has between him and Tiger, and then also the. The idea that, you, you know what, Tiger Woods is really good at winning golf tournaments that take place across uh, four days and 72 holes, but within the context of a single 18-hole round, some of that uh, some of that grind, like some of the, the, the Tiger style of, uh, you know, just trying to be consistent and trying to give yourself, you know, limit your mistakes, like that... That's not necessarily how you go out and smoke somebody in a one-on-one match. It's just a different mindset. Yeah, especially in match play. I mean, and and you see this. I mean, Tiger's Tiger's the best because he's able to mentally just be involved for seventy-two holes. Whereas Phil, I don't think he's like it's he's capable of mentally engaging for seventy-two straight holes. Even when he has won in the past. You see him just, you know, just lose his mind for a couple holes or whatever. Like he, it's just, it's a really difficult thing to do. And Tiger's the best ever at it. And, and so, uh, I think, yeah, I think that's a great point by you. Just within the context of match play for eighteen holes, t- some of Tiger's advantages that he has on the golf course, golf wise, uh, are, are kind of neutralized. Did you hear uh, the, the best line of the day though? Was I think it was in the first playoff hole the second time they played 18 did you hear what phil said about his tee shot no what'd he say he was walking up 18 and he had hit it almost where he hit it uh in regulation when he ended up making birdie uh he hit it a little bit to the left of the fairway and he was talking to his brother tim his caddy and said that looks like it almost exactly where i put it in in regulate like in, uh, the first time we played 18 he goes you know me and Hogan, we both have that problem of uh, of ending up in our same divot as 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 we did the time before. <laughs> he said, "I hope it's not in the same divot." Me and Hogan have that problem. <laughs> oh my gosh! It was uh, he. I mean, he was obviously mic'd up, so he knew everybody was listening. But it was it was still pretty good. 
Phil won the event. <laughs> Phil was the MVP event of the event. He was the like we he he was the reason why this thing is gonna work. If it, if about, it's gonna can work. We, can we talk about how there was a ninety three yard hole off of a practice putting green that determined a nine million dollar champion? Ninety three. Ninety three yeah. yard hole. Yeah. Like I mean, I guess the only the only thing that I was able to do it because it was so weird, like the the way it the shot looked um, from behind them when they were hitting it. And I was like, well, this almost does feel like, uh, you know, you sneak out of the wedding and you just <laughs> drop a ball down and say, you know, all right, let's 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 go get these cuts in like that. Yeah. That's what it, and and of course that. If you're going to be doing that, I assume that you're putting money on it against whoever you're going up against. <laughs> and so, like, from that lens and that angle, it did kind of feel like, you know, two guys just sort of busting out, just dropping a ball and being like, all right, let's go. Let's, let's hit yeah. this right now and let, let's win some money. That's, that's a great point. So it was, it was sort of like, I mean, I know we mentioned this earlier, but it, it really was, like, not jokingly, like, kind of the perfect way for it to end. Right. It was the side bet of all side bets. A yeah. ninety-three yard hole. Yeah. How about by the way? How about Phil giving Tiger the um, so on the the twenty-first hole? So the second time they played that ninety-three yard hole, he gave Tiger like a five footer. Did you see how? Did you see how far it was? Uh, I did not. I mean, it was it was deep. Like I mean, it wasn't like Tiger probably would have made it, but Phil had just missed a six footer to win. And Tiger had a five footer and he was kind of walking around it and Phil goes, just pick that up. I don't want to win like this. And it was, uh, I mean, it, it was probably the right thing to do because how bad would that have been if, if, if Phil wins on a Tiger miss putt from five feet, that's awful. But with nine mil on the line, that's a, that's a tough, uh, that's a tough request. I mean, uh, that was, that was pretty interesting. He was probably just looking for some good juju from the golf gods. <laughs> he was like, he just, just, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to win like this. I give Phil I, some, some credit there. Yeah, I respect it. It, it. it reminded me of a story from, I think it was like the 2010 Western AM, uh, where Peter Uline did that to Patrick Cantlay. Patrick Cantlay had like a four, I think it was like a four footer and it wasn't gimme range and Uline gave it to him and he was asked afterwards why he did it. He's like, look, we had both been playing out of our minds. Like we were playing awesome golf. I did not want to win a match on a missed four footer. And, and I think that's, I think that's pretty cool. I, I mean, I, you know, people, people might get a little up about like golf or, you know, how that, uh, you know, it governs it's, you govern yourself, you know, whatever. Uh, but I, I think that aspect of it is, is a pretty cool deal. And it, and it, and it shines a light on the, the most important thing, which is being a, a great, uh, driver of the ball and a great iron player and, and hitting approach shots. You know, they, they go back to that and not necessarily turning things into a putting contest. Ooh, good call. Uh, anything else from the notebook before we get out of here? Um, you know, I thought one of the underrated aspects of it was the player caddy combos. Uh, tiger calls his caddy Jojo. Which is interesting. Okay. And JoJo calls Tiger T. It's gross. Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> um, so it's Joe Lacava. I right. thought he always. I always thought he called him Joey, but he calls him JoJo, which is kind of strange. 
so that was that was interesting. What else do I have here? Those guys. It was funny to to hear their caddies like they would make a suggestion, and this happened on both sides. Tiger would be like, "Nah, that's not it," and, <laughs> or or Phil would be like, mm, "No." But then like the funniest part of that was the caddy reaction. Because the the caddies, I wrote this down. They just seem like glorified psychiatrists. Like they're they're just there to keep your, like keep the positive energy going. They're 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 not really there for any other reason. Correct. Especially with these guys, and I'm not talking about like the entire PGA Tour, but I'm talking about specifically with these guys because their knowledge is is insane. And so it was just funny to watch that play out since both guys were mic'd up. Uh, Phil's breathing on the microphone was atrocious. That needs to be figured out. That's all I heard for like four straight hours. He's a fifty. He's a fifty-year-old who's huffing it around Shatterbrook. What do you expect? <laughs> I mean, it, it it appears that he like does like never works out. Like, he might it was, not. It, it was so bad. Uh, but no, the whole thing was you know like we kind of started with it was. It was a little all over the map. There were some really good parts. There were some uh, really bad parts. The end was, I, it, I mean, I wish it would have ended earlier than it did. It kind of, it, it kind of lasted a little bit too long at the end. Um, but yeah, it was fun. I mean, I mean, from I, two I, Eastern time to like eight Eastern time is a lot. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah, we need to. Uh, yeah, nah, <laughs> pass. Uh, yeah. So they, they, that needs to be, I guess, I, I don't know. I don't know how you would change that. They had to, they had to come to a conclusion and they had to determine a winner. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It was about what I expected. Maybe a little bit better. I thought, I thought the broadcast came off pretty good. Uh, Shane Bacon's awesome. The man, uh, he was, by the way, that's a, that's a nice, uh, career path for CBS sports golf writers. You, was, are you trying to say that that's where, where you would like to go next? <laughs> he, t- he, uh, he was the last person that held this position before I took it. So who knows? Maybe I'll be interviewing Tiger in five years. Mm, maybe. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean the, the position was also like created then too. He, he was patient zero. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Now, he did an awesome job. He's the perfect guy for that spot. I loved it. Uh, he, he's just, he's able to talk golf with with Phil and Tiger, and they can they they can tell that he's nerdy about golf, so they connect with that. And I, I thought that part was pretty cool. No doubt, uh, he is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip. <laughs>